We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Monday. We've got another week of NBA basketball to look forward to and lots of stuff going on, of course, with the trade deadline just around the corner. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Before we dive into everything, quick reminder, if you're not doing so yet, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. We're going to be going all over all the trade deadline news and rumors. So again, make sure you stay in the know. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, Keith, we had uh, I had a fairly relaxing weekend for the most part. I mean, busy as usual, but but mostly relaxing weekend. I'm ready to go. I'm excited for a new week of, uh, of NBA basketball to dive into. Yeah, me too. It was uh, it, it, this time of year, you never know. You're, yeah. you're going to be at the grocery store and then you get the tweet and it's like, oh, trade. And then it's me and you were texting. Uh, All right, when do we want to go? Do we need to go live? Is, you know, where are we at? You got to come back, react and all that stuff. And we didn't get one of those this weekend. So that's a, you know, a good thing, I guess, uh, for, from that standpoint. It would have been fun if we had. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But we get another weekend of that. And then, man, I can't believe we're like a week and a half out from the trade deadline. It felt like it took a long time to, to get here. And now it's it, it's almost right around the corner. Oh, my, uh, my wife already knows to in terms of making plans pre-trade deadline and post-trade deadline and pre-trade deadline basically means you, we, we can't you can't make any nothing extensive we're not going to like go sit in a movie theater for a couple hours or anything like yeah. that post-trade deadline okay then then things will open up again and we can start um yeah, there's a doing stuff couple movies i really want to go see and they're probably going to be things like i see by myself because i'm the only one that has an interest and i was like hopefully it'll still be in the theaters in a couple weeks when it's the all-star break yeah. and like i can go check it out then because that's yeah like that that one would that one just killer right any almost anything else you could kind of step away from or you'd be done within a reasonable you know 30 minutes or so and get get back to where i need to be movie it's like i'm walking in for two hours and then you know, there's no way to really walk away. And that's almost tempting fate too much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're tempting the basketball gods to drop that Woj bomb right then. Um, all right, let's 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 get into some of the news uh, around the NBA right now. And I guess uh, let's start here. The Knicks, they have interest in acquiring Wizards center Daniel Gafford. Meanwhile, the Wizards like Quentin Grimes. So let's make a deal. <laughs> is that is that the way this is going to go down? It's just, hey, we like this guy. We like that guy. And uh, let's let's put something together. 
If only it were that simple, right? <laughs> I, it it does lend itself to maybe there could be something that involves either guy headed the other way. So, yeah, I mean, I get it with the Knicks. I, I have to wonder, is the Daniel Gafford stuff, like we were interested when Mitchell Robinson was out and Isaiah Hartenstein had missed a few games and we weren't really sure with that. What does that look like? Uh, we're going to get into it a little later, but they have another bigger injury to worry about right now. And then Quentin Grimes, totally get teams have been calling on him because he's out of the rotation in New York to some extent. He still plays, but he's not playing 30 minutes a night anymore. Now he's playing more like 15 minutes a night after they uh, did did their movement to acquire OG Ananobi and guys get kind of shuffled around a little bit. And he lost his starting spot to Dante DiVincenzo. So it's been a position where, I think teams are looking and saying, hey, pretty good young player. Uh, get him at the end of his rookie scale contract. See how he works out with us. Can he scale into an even bigger role and go from there? Washington's a team that's very much in asset collection mode right now. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that the Wizards are one of the teams that's probably going to make moves here at the deadline. They're certainly a team to keep an eye on, whether or not they get something done with the Knicks. We'll see. Uh, speaking of the Knicks, let's, let's stick with them. Unfortunately, Julius Randle. Now out several weeks dealing with a shoulder injury. I haven't seen exactly what the injury, like they're still figuring out what the injury is, but they know he's going to be out at least several weeks. Um, unfortunate, certainly. I don't think they were, it's not like this is going to change their trade deadline plans or anything like that, but this is a tough blow for, for a Knicks team that's been, been playing some pretty darn good basketball. Yeah, and that's the one spot where they really don't have another guy to just step right in and play for Randall. Presumably, I'm guessing OG Ananobi will now slide up to the four, which he's more than capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And then it sounds like Josh Hart's going to be first in line. We just talked about Quentin Grimes. His role probably will increase over the next few weeks uh, here. Several weeks, we don't know. Jeff Stotts, uh, if you're not following him, we we pump him almost anytime mm -hmm. there's a major injury. He's uh, at in street clothes over on X. He is a great follow because he comes with news on, all right, this is what the history is when guys have had injuries like this. And Julius Randle dislocated his right shoulder. Maybe, I don't know if that's a less a big deal because he's he's a left-handed player, he's a left-handed shooter. So maybe that's not as impactful necessarily. Uh, but he tweeted, it's usually about a month that, that players miss after an injury like this. And we remember Paul George had this, then he came yeah. back. And it happened again. And that's the big thing with these dislocations. It tends to be something where once the area is weakened, it can happen again. Now, the good news is uh, all reports are no major damage, no tears or anything like that. So hopefully it's just about get it re-strengthened, get them back. But I do kind of wonder if the Knicks now say, ah, if we could get like maybe a four or five guy who could play both positions mm -hmm. and maybe back up a little bit there. Maybe that's the way they, they go forward. Uh, I'm curious to see if it does change things, maybe at least a little just for, hey, we want to be a really good team and, and push forward the remainder of this season. Well, they've won their last six in a row. Um, good to hear. I hadn't seen that there were no tears or anything in there. That's the word I was waiting for. So good to hear that there weren't any tears or anything going on uh, in there. But yeah, that's that's going to be the the challenge perhaps for the Knicks is to go and see if is there somebody that they can add that is kind of a plug and play guy I mean like we know they love Taj Gibson do they just I know he's not the ideal answer but just to have another big body do you just bring him back in and I know he's more five certainly than than four but is that I mean maybe that's the way that yeah. they go here ultimately 
Yeah, I mean, they do have an open roster spot right now. They they opened up a roster spot when they made the Ananobi trade, which was, what, a, almost a month ago now, I'm guessing, or yeah. really close to that. So maybe they could. Maybe, maybe you do just call Taj Gibson and say, hey, don't you for your well, – well, he was waived in the process of that trade, I believe, uh, there. But maybe mm-hmm. you do just say, hey, you want to come back because – we do have a spot for you and you know, let's, let's, let's go. So it's maybe that is the simple solution or, you know, there, there could be another player they like on a 10 day contract mm-hmm. or something like that to at least get them through till maybe a couple 10 days till you get to the all-star break, something in that range there. The Knicks, just in case anybody's wondering too, playing really well, they've won six straight. They're yeah. up to fourth in the East. They're only a game behind Philadelphia for third. So they're they're really playing some really good basketball right now. Yeah, they've been they've been great. Uh, we'll see if they can keep this run going. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they manage this uh, Julius Randle injury. Uh, let's jump over to arguably the biggest name on the trade market right now, and that's Dejounte Murray. Um, we did get some updates on him. Obviously, Jake Fisher told us a bit about him last Friday. When we did our live show. That was a lot of fun. Um, we had him on to talk trade rumors during our front office Friday live show. But uh, Mark Stein had this over the weekend. I confirmed this. This this went along with everything that I had been hearing. And that's that talks between the Lakers and the Hawks on a DeJounte Murray trade have been very minimal at this point. What What I had heard is that they went nowhere. Um, and that things have been basically been very, very quiet on the trade front there. Essentially, I think what it's coming down to is the Hawks want Austin Reeves. The Lakers don't want to give up Austin Reeves, and it's kind of a staring contest. I also know the Lakers are looking to, from what I've heard, are looking to um, not just get stuck on on DeJounte Murray. They don't want to sit there and just be the leverage for the Hawks to try to, you know, here, this is the offer we've got. Everybody else come and try and one-up this. They're going to look elsewhere and see what else they can find out there on the market with the pieces that could be in this deal. So uh, Jake brought up the possibility that this could be John Collins all over again, that this could be, I mean, Keith, we literally talked for years about the Hawks moving John Collins and feeling like it was just about to happen. And then they wouldn't pull the trigger at the end. Possibly that's the way they're going. And I don't blame the Hawks. Either. I'd probably be doing the same thing, honestly, if I were the Hawks, because they've got him under team control for the next four years. Why not? You know, why not? If you don't have the exact offer that you want right now, wait and see what comes up over the summer. So I don't fault the Hawks at all for their strategy currently on the Murray trade market. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's a spot with Murray where there's no reason to rush into a bad trade. Uh, The Hawks have made it seemingly very clear. They do not want D'Angelo Russell. And that may just make sense. He's not a fit with Trey Young. He's a worse fit with Trey Young than Murray would be. So there's no reason to rush into well, that's all we can get is D'Angelo Russell. So I guess mm. we have to, right? You you have full control here. This is uh, not that anything ever got acrimonious with uh, Pascal Siakam. No. But right. with him, the Raptors were under some pressure because he's a free agent this summer. So you, you do have a little bit of pressure. Of, all right, otherwise we may lose him for nothing. So the Hawks really have full control here. Uh, Murray's also not the stature of player where it is. I'll make a trade demand and make this uncomfortable. Like that's mm-hmm. just not going to be how this goes. So, so yeah, it's going to take a team that can get Atlanta what they want that really values DeJounte Murray. And I'm sure for the Lakers, it's probably, Hey, this offer is here. If, if we can find that third team or you soften and say, all right, you know what, well, we'll take Russell and we'll figure it out later. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think what you could see happen in this situation is 
you know where we stand. Let's talk again on Thursday of the trade deadline. We'll touch base in the morning. If you still have Mari, we'll see where it's at. Maybe you've come down a little bit on your ask. Maybe we've we're now able to offer something we weren't before, mm-hmm. and then they kind of go go in that direction. That, that happens a lot of times. We we hear pretty regularly talks are done between these teams, and then they come back around and oh hey they did get it done. So I I I think stories yet to be written on this one, but yes. I think Jake could be spot on. I mean we might be talking about Murray for the next six months too, all the way into sure. the start of the off season and maybe even beyond. Yeah. This is uh, this time of year. And this is not a, you know, Lakers Hawks specific thing. This is an NBA wide thing. You have to remember it takes one phone call to change the course of, of any of these negotiations, anything that we're hearing. Sometimes you also hear things that by the time it gets out, it's a couple days old and the situation has changed quite a bit. Again, when things can pivot so quickly right now, you just never know. So um, keep that in mind as we get closer to the deadline. And then again, as we, I believe we talked about our last show, what can happen is the groundwork for a deal, while it doesn't get done at the trade deadline, it gets laid now. And then uh, over summertime, that's when the trade actually comes together and gets completed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that could be one where hey, it's just easier. Everything's easier to make trades in the summertime. You have mm-hmm. expanded rosters, so you can make uh, take in extra guys if you need to. Uh, there will be teams with cap space in the summertime. Uh, Russell flips to being an expiring contract, assuming he picks up his option ahead of that. There's just a lot of reasons why that could be much easier to make, make happen then uh, if they don't make something now. And I think the Lakers are being very cautious with the – to your point of one, we don't want to be the leverage team in this specific example, but we've also heard, and when you hear it multiple times through multiple different parties related to multiple different players and teams, I think the Austin Reeves stuff is very real. I think they are. We don't want to trade him unless it's like the monster star package that we're returning and that guy's not available right now. It's just, you know, that's not Murray. That's not Zach Levine. That isn't really anybody who's been put on the market. Now, maybe something changes in the next week and a half here, or maybe that's something that changes come July. The, the, we know come July, somebody will be available that we have no, we, we're not even mentioning them now, even as a possibility, because right. it's so far out there. And then maybe that's when that the Lakers change their stance on Austin Reeves. But as it stands right now, yeah, let's not go. I don't know how much I buy the whole D'Angelo Russell's playing really good, so maybe we don't want to trade him. I think that's a little bit more of a that's from the Lakers side of sure. Hey, we're we're you know now now we're gonna back away on this side of it. I I mean I, I don't D'Angelo Russell is the same exact player who was three weeks ago. Like he's he's playing good. Don't get me wrong. Oh sure. But it's not like all of a sudden it's like wait a minute, maybe this guy will be an all-star here. We, we no, no, no. They know who he is and what his value yeah. is. That's just that's that's just posturing. But to your point, I'm picking on them because it's a topic right now, but every team does this. Every oh, team yeah. is, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I can't really trade him. It's it's to use a, the line from Moneyball. I, I like Eckerton. And he's like, you don't even know who Eckerton is. You don't is, even know right? who he is, yeah. Right, like that's a, <laughs> you know, like that. it's just everybody likes everybody until it's, you know, it's time. That's why every time a press conference comes, it was really hard to trade a guy. And it's like, oh, really? Like when the Knicks eventually trade Evan Fournier, someone will say like, you know, Evan's a good guy. It was tough to give him up. And it's like, no, it wasn't. He hasn't played <laughs> meaningful minutes in a year and a half for you. Like, 
what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo Russell was, was I mean, he's ice in his veins, but he was ice cold there for a yeah. good chunk of December uh, and the beginning of January. Now he's on a heater, and that's he's just that's part, that's part of the D'Angelo Russell experience, right? He's He can be streaky, he can be hot and cold. Um, I, I'm here for. I love when he's when he's playing well. It's he's a lot of fun to watch when he's got that got that shot going, got the swagger going. But, uh, but yeah, they, I don't think this necessarily changes how he's perceived or like suddenly oh something clicked and now now if he plays the which he's not going to right spoiler alert he's not going to do this but because the shooting is is frankly unsustainable. But if he played this way all the way through the playoffs or something. Okay, maybe that maybe that starts to change the conversation, oh, but yeah. a, th- a three week burst yeah. that is not going to change the way teams around the NBA see him. Just as an aside, did you see ESPN did there? This was not a reported piece; it was trades they'd like to see um, mm-hmm. article. And in one of the trades they'd like to see, sent D'Angelo Russell in a three team trade back to the Nets, and it just made me laugh because I'm like, and then maybe the Nets could trade him to the Timberwolves, and then the Timberwolves <laughs> could trade him to the to the Lakers. <laughs> it just be funny if every few years D'Angelo Russell just does the full circuit of those three teams, buys a house in each place, and each just place. Like, right, let's go, let's keep, keep moving me around. He's like uh, the NBA version of a snowbird, you know. Yeah, that right? He just yeah. just every season he just travels yeah. and and he goes to goes to a different climate and that yeah, would there be you go. funny if he like if he spent like all winter in Minnesota or, or Brooklyn and then they trade him the or it spent all like fall there and then they trade him in the winter off to to the Lakers or something or the Lakers right. keep him in the early part and then they trade him somewhere when it warms up up north for the spring run. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that definitely would. Definitely would. All right. Uh, let's jump over here. The Rockets reportedly interested in Robert Williams. Um, so uh, this is obviously there's the Ime Odoka connection here. Now, uh, Williams is out for the season. But wh- do you see this making sense? I mean, I, I'm i a big fan of Alperin Sengun. And, and I'm on the side of you give him all the minutes that you can. Can Williams and Sengun play together? Do you like that pairing? I mean, obviously next year and then into the future. I don't like them playing together, but I like Robert Williams in a 15 to 20 minute a night bench role behind Shingun or mm-hmm. playing if he ever needs to miss time. I I am now more than more convinced than I've ever been. Uh puppy checking in. Um <laughs> uh I'm more convinced than I've ever been that Williams now if he's a starter, he's gonna be one of those starters where he plays the first few minutes of the calf comes in for the last few minutes of the half and that's all he can handle. I just don't know that he can handle being a 30 minute a night starting center. I don't think Mm -hmm. his body's made for it. I think he will end up missing a considerable amount of time if that's what happens. So I think what you do here, if you're the Rockets is you get him. He's a really nice backup for Shingoon and you, you, you almost have almost kind of the, change of pace guy too because teams often like that especially at the at the poles at the center and the point guard spot Mm -hmm. if one center is more groundbound more methodical which shingun is you want somebody else to come in that's really energetic Ah, and the high flyer the 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 fire and ice yeah that's it right so you just kind of bring him in and let him be chaotic for 15 20 minutes a night Mm -hmm. off the bench and just kind of go there and then you don't know have to overextend shingun either and there are probably lineup constructions where you could play the two of them together for a few minutes per game. You'd have to have a lot of shooting at the other uh, three positions. So, But I think if you're Houston, the idea is, why not? We could probably get them as cheap as you could ever get them right mm-hmm. now. 
And we, not that they're not going anywhere, but I think they're being very realistic about, we're not making the Zach Levine trade to try to chase the play-in tournament. Like we're going to continue on the path we set upon, which is add good veterans around the guys we have and just kind of go from there. So I think this would be a great pickup for them. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to oh well let's let's go here uh, to take a, a short break from trade talks. Adam Silver got a contract extension that'll keep him with the NBA all the way through the end of the decade. I I thought there was correct me if I'm wrong here. This is off the top of my head, and at this point, there's a million different things bouncing around up and up in here. But wasn't it like a year ago that we were hearing about different organizations maybe trying to poach Adam Silver? I can't. Was it Disney? Was it Netflix? Yeah, there were talks of that, that yeah, that he could be the one to go in and take over from Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were talks of like a couple other like um big like I don't want to call them tech companies, but teams they're companies that are like online focused, like sales, like Amazon, Netflix. There were talks like that. He could be there was the feeling he, he could be a guy who could run like a TV network or something like that. But I think it's the NBA is very happy with him. And I know people have a lot of things to say about Adam Silver, most of which is, I think, more just people trying to get jokes off or place mm-hmm. blame where they don't know where else to place it because sure. he doesn't make the rules. He doesn't make the schedule. Like, you know, all that stuff is, you know, a little overblown. He works for the owners. The owners are obviously very happy. Teams are worth more than they've ever been worth. They're going to sign. It's probably not going to be as big of a monster TV deal as they thought it might have been. But we'll see. We 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 don't know that for sure. But it's going to be bigger than it's ever been. They're going to expand sometime within the next couple of years. That came out as a part of this as well. It's like they want to get him extended because they want him to handle the TV deal and expansion without anything mm-hmm. hanging over him. There was also a report of the next TV deal maybe shorter uh, than than the current one, which ran for nine years. They may only go like five years with the idea around let's see what it looks like with probably moving to at least one streaming partner uh, moving forward. So I, I think this makes a lot of sense, you know, but bring them back and have them in the fold. And really none of these commissioners, which are none of them are white. They're right. They're all mm-hmm. uh, pretty routinely criticized uh, by fans in all sports, but they've all been in place for a while now. And none of them seem like they're going anywhere in, in the NBA's case. Not only do the owners like him, but the players really like Adam Silver too. And that makes a massive difference as well. Yeah. And that's, look, you mentioned that, that the, you get a lot of criticism if you are at the head of one of these organizations, whether it's MLB, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. That comes with a territory. I mean, same thing as being president, right? You're, you're going to get criticism no matter what you do. Um, but Adam Silver in general, I look at what, what he's done and look at what he's done for for the nba and certainly there's some good and there's some bad but i think the big things that that we think about in in this league especially when we think about the in-season tournament we think about the play-in these have have all worked and these are things that he got criticized for that he caught a lot of pushback on and he went ahead with it and says said no i think this is the right thing for us to do and he's largely been proven right. So overall, while there are always going to be things to criticize people for, and I think it was you I saw that was uh, pushing back on X, uh, people who were wanting the game to go back to the way it was played in the 90s, um, people will, will get nostalgic over stuff like that and say, oh, you know, Adam Silver has eliminated defense. So there's too much yeah. three-point shooting, all this. No matter what happens, there's going to be things to complain about and things to be critical of. But in general, 
big picture, I, I think he's done a, a pretty darn good job, even in the face of like serious concerns about moves that he's making. He's been proven right more often than not. And he led the league, meaning the league operations and the team side through the bubble season. Yes. Like that can't be forgotten. Like that, that was a monster, monster success at a time when we all needed something sports wise, right? We, we were all kind of dying without sports and it, and it was the, the NBA. Uh, put that's, it together. that's probably not the word to use there. Yeah. Not a good call. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> good, good call. Poor phrasing on my part. We're, we're all, uh, Pining for sports. Let's there you it. go. We needed some kind of new entertainment that wasn't Tiger King. <laughs> it was yes. like, oh, please. You know, I have not yeah. thought about that in a long time. <laughs> I think about yeah. it more than I should admit. Um, but anyway, yeah, I digress. And that that's a huge you know, thing that's going to be part of his resume forever now, too. And that's just, you know, it, a lot of good stuff uh, go, you know, that came, came through that. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's, this to me is it makes sense it's a no-brainer to get this done and and yeah and have him focused and leading through the next uh few big efforts here which is you know the tv contracts and then the uh you know expansion that, that we all know is gonna come last it's thing coming. i want to say we didn't put it in the show topics yeah the nhl is talking already about expanding again maybe really up to 34 teams uh, the utah jazz owner ryan miller and his wife and like their like company, I forget what it's called, but whatever it is, I think it's Ryan. No, Ryan Smith, actually. That's bad. I should know that. Yeah. Ryan Smith. Um, <laughs> you Miller forgot your own name. Former, former owners of the Jazz, the Miller family. But the Ryan Smith and his wife and their company like wrote the NHL basically a very public letter of like, hey, we want an expansion team and we're willing to do everything it takes, practice facilities, arena, like whatever it needs to be to have a hockey team. And then right on the heels of that, there were like seven or eight other places that were like, yeah, we want a hockey team too. And that just kind of sparked some of the rediscussion of does the NBA just go to 32? Do, do they, do they say, uh, let's try to beat sports into a couple of the, these other places. Maybe they'll go to 34 too. And it may not be 34 with four new teams all at once, but it yeah. might be two teams and another couple of years, two teams, but expansion is coming. And now it's just going to be, what form does it take? Well, especially because they're they're probably going to be last into into Vegas. I don't know what the athletics, um, what their move plan looks like, or how quickly that's happening. But it feels like that they're going to get. Yeah. It, it feels like they're probably a step ahead of of the NBA. But the NBA already has infrastructure there through summer league, so that that probably matters too. But they may There's be like last. Eight arenas that they could play in in the interim time if they yes because yeah. they, they just build stuff in Las Vegas and like we'll figure out what somebody will come occupy this. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So and then you've got obviously Seattle is is another place that's that's going to get a team and they. You know, there uh, you already have. You've got the Kraken are there. You've got the Mariners. You've got, of course, the Seahawks. So you're kind of you're. Well, I mean, you were there, and then you left, and yeah, now you're coming back. Yeah, Seattle at least has the history, right? Like you've they, got they, some they, history there, sure. But where else could they look to be? Where maybe they're not like the last mm -hmm. one coming in, and then they can develop more of a groundswell. Because there's, I mean, we know there's a lot of cities where the NBA is not the number one sport where it's sure. football somewhere some places it's base mostly you're going to see football but some places can be baseball i do wonder if there's some markets they could target where they could be the big big attraction in town and you know you think about like 
Sacramento. Okay, they've got you know you've got the 49ers up there and everything and and all that, but still like sa- the Kings are kind of Sacramento, right? So that's where and I guess San Jose, you've got the Sharks up there too. But I, I do wonder if the NBA can find more situations like that where they can be the first one in and the one to kind of really grab a hold of that area's fans before some of the other sports get there. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think they've been very clear. I mean, Adam Silver has now said it on the record a couple different times of growing the game internationally is a thing for them. They have the G League team in Mexico City. That's Mm -hmm. obviously been, let's try to make this a test case for could we support an NBA team here? There's cities in Canada. Vancouver would like another run. Montreal has been mentioned now more prominently in in recent years as as a city that might want to get involved in the NBA. The sport's obviously growing massively in Canada. I I don't think we're like anytime soon going to see a team in Europe that's part of the NBA or anything like that. The travel logistics are just still too much. I I, I think in my lifetime we'll see things like that. I I think for sure um, we'll we'll see the leagues expand internationally. but I, I think we're in a spot where there's a lot of room for growth, both in the United States and and in North America uh, for the NBA. And, and I think they're at the very least, they're going to explore it and maybe open some doors for, hey, this round of expansion is Seattle and Las Vegas. Yeah. But we're going to come back around sooner rather than later. It's not going to be another 20 plus years before we have a, have new teams introduced. We'll, we'll come back around again and then, then we'll uh, kind of get, get into it at that point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump back into some trade talks here. Uh, Jarrett Allen reportedly not available in, in trade talks right now with the Cavs. I mean, a, a lot of their defense is really set up around Jared Allen and and funneling guys into him. So it's not really a surprise. I mean, I, I still remember years ago when the that trade got made and it felt like the Cavs kind of snuck into the deal and stole Jared Allen uh, in the that was the James Harden trade. Yeah. And, and that was that was really impressive. And I, I'm not, I don't blame them. I'd be hanging on to Jared Allen, too, if I if I were the Cavs. I, I think he's really critical to what they do, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Because at the time, we're all like, "Why are the Cavs even in this trade? Yeah. Like, what? Like, this doesn't even make sense." And they, they came away with, you know, the the guy who has been one of the best players in the the, boys. Well, they like, maybe the only guy left from that deal still in the city's in because Karis Levert is now in Cleveland, but he went to Indiana initially in oh, that yeah. trade. And Victor Oladipo has been 
I guess he's back in Houston now, but he'd been moved around a couple places too. So, but yeah, Jared Allen is a, he blossomed into an all-star in Cleveland playing great. He's, he's really, he's keying one of the best defenses in the league. He's been absolutely awesome. They, they're really, they're using a lot of the uh, uh, Quinn Snyder, Utah principles under Rudy Gobert. It's you lock up tight on the perimeter. And if you get beat, just make sure you get beat to the middle where Jared Allen can clean it up. And that's, that, that's, that's huge. He's been really, really good. And he's really held that down without Evan Mobley for the last several weeks. And now we know Evan Mobley's coming back tonight. Uh, we're recording this Monday afternoon. He'll be back Monday uh, to play. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really uh, not surprised in $20 million a year. Great contract for a team that is, They've gotten more expensive and it's only going to continue to get more expensive as they continue to grow into being a better team. So I, I'm i all for keeping Jared Allen. Another team in the East playing really good basketball. They, they, they've they won nine out of their last 10 games and they're right there with, with the Knicks. They're a half game behind the Knicks and only a game and a half behind Philadelphia. Do you think that either the Cavs or the Knicks can put – I'm putting Philadelphia right now in the, the – upper tier in the east right now philly milwaukee and, and boston can either the Cavs or the knicks realistically get into that conversation um i want to see if the knicks make a big move with fournier's contract and do something but beyond just uh, this guy's a nice player that comes in do they have one more move in them or is that going to be something we have to wait till the summertime mm-hmm. to get cleveland i i just think cleveland's less likely to make a move like that i think cleveland is Healthy, I think they may be the fourth best team in the East. I just don't know that I'd put them on the Boston, Milwaukee, Philly level. And then, of course, Philly could make another move as well, which really solidifies themselves in that tier with Boston and Milwaukee too. So I, I, I don't I don't know that I see it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's uh, it's. we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. I do think there, there are a couple of teams that could probably use you know, that other move to really uh, boost themselves up. But they're both playing really good basketball. Um, by the way, a little very minor news, but big bigger news in, you know, Lakers spheres. But D'Angelo Russell, who we just talked about, got fined $15,000 for kicking a ball into the stands. At the end of the game against the Warriors. Um, I honestly, like, obviously we know $15,000 isn't a lot to a lot of these guys, but... Um, I kind of don't blame him. If you saw that, that no, 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 yes, three that he shot after turning the ball over multiple times and missing a layup, and then he hit it, I'd be pretty fired up if I was uh, if I was D'Angelo Russell, too. Well, it's funny, too. It wasn't even a good kick, either. Like, he, he like, anybody who uh, watches soccer or has played soccer, he kind of, like, hit it off the side of his shin. Um, and it was, it was oh, he shanked when, it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was one, uh, it was right after Steph took that, like, what was it, almost three quarter court like attempt that that fell short the ball as the ball bounced Russell just he took a swing at it and sent it off into the stands but yeah you can't you can't be kicking the ball no. or throwing it intentionally into the stands but I'm sure it's, it that, that that always reminds me of Mighty Ducks two minutes well worth it well worth it <laughs> oh those were good movies those were good movies all right um speaking of the the Cavs we got some players coming back, yeah. including Evan Mobley returning for the Cavs. Tyrese Halliburton, please stay back this time. Hopefully, he stays healthy and comes back because that I mean he is so much fun. And then Ben Simmons, I come on Ben yeah. <laughs> this time, this time. Yeah, I'm right? with you. I 
the Halbert one, that one's the the biggest news, I think, as far as the sure. uh, name players, all-star starter, obviously. Huge that he's going to be back in there for the uh, Pacers. Pacers have played well. I just, uh, yeah, after watching their game uh, yesterday, I tweeted out, they have real depth. Like, like, their guys are good. Like, they're not just plugging in these dudes who really don't really have a place into the rotation. Like, their guys are good. Turner and Halliburton missed that game yesterday. And they just rolled forward with Nemhard. TJ McConnell also wasn't there, missed the game. But all right, Nemhard, you got it. Like you're going to run the show. And then up front, we're going to run with um, Isaiah Jackson and uh, Jalen Smith. And we're good. And off we go. And they, they just didn't miss a beat. So great for having him back. Mobley, we already kind of talked about. He'll help lift the calves. Hopefully, Darius Garland, maybe soon ish. Where I got a feeling we're going to get this stuff with Darius Garland of like, it took him a little extra time because he broke his jaw. And like had his jaw wired shut. So I kind of imagine he couldn't keep weight on. That's probably yeah. going to be a problem for Darius Garland. And talk about Darius Garland, like a guy who could, you know, maybe afford the occasional cheeseburger and milkshake. For sure. He's you know pretty slight to begin with. And then Simmons. Yeah, let's hope, right? Let's just hope this is it. And he's back now and can actually play and contribute. And that's a Nets team that is, boy, they, they, they're, they're struggling. They're, they're a half game out of the, uh, last play in spot, but they've really slipped in recent weeks down, you know, they're nine games under 500 now. So not that Simmons is going to save the season by any means, but maybe he gets back and can help them out. Do you think the Nets make moves here before February 8th? They're going to do stuff. I, I, they seem like the kind of team that they make, they may make moves where it is. Let's rebalance the roster out a little bit. Let's get some guys who are, we're, we're not just selling off for kids and draft picks. It is they bring back a veteran or two that makes more sense around Bridges, around Cam Johnson, if Simmons is in the fold, you know, here's what we look like. Uh, before guys like Dinwiddie and O'Neal's contracts expire, mm -hmm. there's a lot of interest in Nick Claxton. I've talked to a few teams today that are like, we might try to make a run at him because just oh. his contract number is so low. It's like 8.8 million. So why not try to go get him um, if you can, if you think you know that he could be a real help and then get him re-signed uh, this summer too. Uh, well, why not make a run at a guy like him? But I, so they're going to be active, I think for sure. I, I don't know that we're going to get the, oh my gosh, they traded Mikhail Bridges or anything like that. But I, I do think we'll see the Nets make moves. Yeah. I, I mean, right now I'm optimistic that we're going to see a decent amount of moves. I don't know how many whoa-type moves there's yeah. going to be out there th this year at the trade depth. I think we're going to see moves, but I don't think there's going to be the, wow, that guy got traded? I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen to this year's trade deadline. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to be forced into doing live shows unplanned or it's like, at 2.30 oh in the morning. That happened, yeah. like And even the Kevin Durant one, we kind of thought it might have been coming because he had already asked for a trade and all that stuff, but it was still like, oh my God, it did happen. Like, wow, right. like this this got done. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that we're going to get something like that. I don't even know that we're going to get anything that approaches the level of like the Lakers-Westbrook trade last year, which ended up being mm. a pretty monster trade for several teams involved. Even if for like the Wolves, it took almost a year later for it to really come to full fruition for them. But yeah, I, I think it's, I think we're going to get a lot of rebalancing moves, some future focused moves, things like that. But yeah, I, I don't know that we're going to get, you know, Oh my God, you know, drop everything. And you know, well, let's go right to the mics. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels like that guy's not available. 
right now. Yeah. Well, that's not ideal for the NBA in general for the league. So thank goodness uh, the Lakers and Warriors were throwing haymakers at each other the other night. That that will certainly help. But that'll make Adam Silver smile. But uh, I don't know about about the trade deadline this year. Again, there's there's I think there's moves to be made just in terms of like names that the the casual fan, which I hate that has become a derogatory term, but the casual sure. fan would know and would go, whoa, oh, this guy, something's happening in the NBA. I don't know if there's going to be that thing that's even going to you know, pull any attention away from the Super Bowl or anything like that, you know? Yeah, like, you and I will get fired up if, like, sure. some team snags Corey Kispert from the Wizards. And <laughs> yep. it's like, oh, my gosh, they got a really good shooter on a rookie-scale deal, and we'll probably spend 15 minutes talking about it. But, yeah, that's not going to be – nobody's going to be rushing to, you know, send out tweets, and I get to read every reaction piece of how this deal happened. Now, part of that is because some of those already happened. Right, James Harden got traded already. Pascal Siakam already got traded uh, this season. OG Ananobi got traded. Like those were big monster trades that already happened. So I think it's that that we that has to be factored in. But who knows? Maybe a Zach Levine trade does come. I think that's something a lot of people would get fired up about because big name, recognizable name, it would be a big trade just from the contract and that necessitates it would be. And then the league has a way of surprising us too. You know, there might be something going on that nobody's talked about and was, has been kept really quiet. And then all of a sudden it gets dropped here in the next week and a half that that mm-hmm. happens pretty regularly too. So I, I, I kind of, anytime we're at this time of year, I'm like, yep, that there it is. Even if it's a surprising move, it's not surprising that something happened because the NBA always seems to have something up its sleeve. You know, let me ask you this, Keith, because I, I'm curious, you know, we, we talked to Jake, and uh, and there were a lot of things that Jake said where you you kept saying like oh yeah you know you would you had heard that as well. I hear things, but typically in the Lakers sphere, just because that's kind of my world that I that that's my bubble that that I'm in. So like I I knew a few days ago that things had gone quiet on the the Dejounte Murray tree and there were little things like that that I'll pick up every now and then. I'm not nearly as plugged in with, with stuff as you are. Is there anything, and I know this isn't really what you do, but are there any things that you've heard, because you get a lot of people talking to you about cap stuff, that you find particularly interesting or anything that you would want to share um, that, that you've heard in terms of what teams are looking to do heading into the deadline? Yeah, there's a, there's like the Golden State Warriors situation has become more interesting um, over, especially over the last like week. I, I think there was almost the, pause that they had to take after losing an assistant coach unfortunately um his passing there was a i think a almost an introspective look at the team of where are we going i and and i wrote about this a little bit today for spot track i wrote about buyers and sellers and there's a belief that the warriors are sellers now more in the sense of Hmm. not draymond green not clay thompson definitely not steph curry but yeah, if we can move Andrew Wiggins in a move that just rebalances our books a little bit, let's go. Uh, Kaminga's going to be a lot harder to get, but a lot of the rest of the guys, very open to at least a conversation on. And Pajemski's also, I would say, in the realm of we really would rather not, right? We're, right. we're, we're not going to move off him. Uh, but that that's that, And that's a little bit of a different approach because it's been for a decade plus now of, Let's go get guys, right? We're going to go add to this team. We're going to add to this team. There's a sense of they're really probably going to look to rebalance their books a little bit and try to get into 
I, I, I don't want to call it this way, but in a way more normal uh, place with how much the roster costs uh, co- coming forward. Now, can they find a Wiggins trade that, that allows that to happen? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, and there's, there's a lot of complications. Andrew Wiggins hasn't played very well for a long time. Um, there was a sense of there's a couple of teams that are feeling like if we don't do something now, these moves may not be available to us later uh, because mm. they're going to get more expensive over the next couple of years. That, that's kind of where there could be something like that that happens with Orlando um, there. Orlando as an organization is pretty tight lipped, but everybody they talk to necessarily isn't. So sometimes you glean from another team what another team's conversation with them is. And then when you hear conversations like that from three or four other places, it starts to crystallize, okay, this is kind of what this team's looking to do. Uh, so I think that's there's all of that. And then you've got all the teams that aren't very good that are, well, what are we going to do? Like there's very much a belief Charlotte, if it's not LaMilla Ball, Gordon Hayward, or Mark Williams, they'll move anybody. Like they've right. had conversations on every other guy on the roster. Uh, personally, I'm rooting for Ish Smith to get to another new team <laughs> that he's never played for just because of the fun of it. Um, but then like Detroit, they kind of started to make it a little bit more clear. Of, yeah, we're probably not going to trade Bogdanovich again. We're, we're probably going to hang on unless the team really wants to give us. I, I don't think they're posturing in. Now, they may be wrong. That's a different thing from posturing. But I don't think they're posturing on we need a first-round pick and a good player for for Bogdanovich. That's what they want. Now, we could disagree, and I may say, hey, any first-round picks probably should be enough for you with where you're at, but that's where they're at. So I, I think th- those are the kind of things that are, for me, when I hear it from two, three different sources, it even if I'm not hearing direct from that team. Like, I have no problem saying. No one from the Pistons has told me that directly. Right. But I've heard that from like three other places. When you hear it, it's all right. Well, they three places don't have reasons to make that up for the Pistons. Again, maybe the Pistons are saying that today. It's January 29th, and we still have you know several days till the trade deadline, 10 days to go. Maybe that changes, but those are the things that I'm kind of hearing right now. Hmm. That's interesting. So the Warriors could be be sellers. I would be we've talked all about the Pistons. If they don't wind up selling on Bogdanovich. I mean, I think that's a missed opportunity, but hey, teach their own, right? Every team gets to decide exactly how they want to play things, but but interesting interesting stuff there. Yeah, I, I certainly appreciate you you sharing that cuz I'll add it, one other thing yeah, if I can just sure. cuz I want to make sure the buyout market feels a little weird uh th- mm. this year too because of the new second apron rules. There are players who would have 100% been agitating for buyouts in previous years that there's maybe not the appetite for them to do it because they can't join Boston, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Suns, teams where they really actually probably could use one more guy in their rotations. The Clippers maybe a little less, so their rotation's pretty flush with good players, but those other teams could definitely use one more player. And in years past, there's I've talked to at least seven or eight different different uh, people um, around this that have kind of said, yeah, the bio market may not deliver like it usually does where there's probably not going to be a Blake Griffin style buyout where it mm-hmm. is, all right, I, I stepped off of a you know 
a huge contract or a Russell Westbrook style buyout. Or, where it is, I you know gave up so a, Kyle you know, Lowry, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, those are ones that are a little bit more interesting with guys like that because part of it is for now it's weird that they're both on the same team. Lowry, I think, is in a slightly different place. I think Lowry is we're kind of we're we're, we're kind of at the end with Kyle Lowry, and sure. there is a belief that. Maybe Philadelphia, if nothing else, would say, yeah, come on in on a minimum. You come home, finish it out here with us and go. But a guy like Gordon Hayward, there may be a spot where it is, hey, I'm better off having my contract expire, having my bird rights, and being able to sign a contract that starts in the range of 15, 20 million next year, as opposed to I take a minimum and then the best most teams can do for me is the mid-level exception. Right. That they, they, there is a belief from some people that that could could be be a thing that just holds things up a little bit because again, players when they take a buyout they want a chance to play and they want a chance to win, and that means trying to generally jumping on with one of the very best teams in the league and some of the very best teams in the league just don't have that ability uh, this season so that that's changed the dynamic a little bit so that and that's something I'll write about here and probably probably next week at the beginning part of next week. Uh, for mm-hmm. spot track, I'm going to have a whole bunch of bio guys, but I'm going to spend a good chunk writing about how different the dynamics are uh, this year versus previous years with the bio market. All right. Well, that's certainly going to be something for us to keep an eye on as well. Buyouts have been historically a big part, at least in the in the, the modern NBA, a big part of the NBA news cycle post trade deadline. It's all the buyout market stuff and who is now going to hit the market. Maybe there are less players out there this year. That'll certainly be something that we'll be uh, we'll be keeping tabs on. But everybody, I want to thank you for joining us for today's show. Please make sure that you do subscribe to the Front Office Show on YouTube. Again, we've got the trade deadline coming up. We're going to keep you up to date on everything. So make sure that you do subscribe, turn on those notifications as well. And then over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us that five-star rating and review. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest going on around the NBA. Till then, see ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.